And welcome to the Butts in the Seeds podcast, episode number 24. It's an extreme episode. Extreme! But like, you know, it's just a GW. There's really nothing else yeah, extreme about like it. Extreme. No, I guess, yeah, in the grand scheme of this, this uh, pay-per-view, it's very non-what people think ECW is. Anyway. Today we'll be talking about ECW Heat Wave 1998. I'm Nick, alongside Emily. Hello. How are you doing today, Emily? You know, it's rainy and kind of muggy outside, so I'm a little bit sleepy. Uh, that's why I have a but cough tail. A cough tail? A cough tail. You made a cough tail? Made a little cough tail. Oh. For those listening, that's a coffee cocktail. We've dubbed it a cough tail. I'm just having a bubbly water, because I drank a couple of glasses earlier. A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. So we are back to visiting the Land of Extreme, and if you're wondering why, it's because we're eventually going to do some, I don't want to say modern day ECW, but ECW within our timeline, and I thought I felt a little lame to just do Barely Legal, so let's do the other one that everyone talks about. Yeah, I didn't know this was one that everyone talked about until I did a little like post-watch research, which like I will tell you now, I did a little post-watch research. So according to a WWE.com like, list from 2013 or something, this is the 14th best pay-per-view ever. Hmm. What do they say is the first? Uh, WrestleMania 17. Uh, okay. I think they had... Um, I'm trying to remember the top three from that. I think it was Money in the Bank 2011 was up there as well. And... Oh, Royal Rumble 2000. Okay. Which is that. the Cactus Jack Triple H. I like that one, yeah. That was a good one. So today, as mentioned, we're talking about ECW Heat Wave 1998. This aired August 2nd, 1998, in the Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio. Kind of a weird spot. Yeah, it was. I didn't know that. I guess I forgot that they did shows outside of Philadelphia. I thought you were going to say you just forgot about Ohio. No, I not forget about an entire state. No, yeah, they did most of their shows kind of around Philly, New York, New Jersey. But they would branch out a little bit. Hmm. 4,400 people in attendance. Apparently the cap on the building as of its closure was 5,500 permanent seats. So with floor seats. Yeah, you could probably get a little more. I guess it wasn't a total sellout. I mean, it's mm. it's a neat, it's a semi-niche product, but I thought it'd be kind of interesting to compare how niche ECW actually was compared to some other things before we get started. Okie dokie. So, in a vacuum, how many pay-per-view buys do you think this did? Oh, God. I don't have any kind of, like... I think, our, I think our most recent WCW show did around 400,000. Uh, but this is before all of that. Yes. Mm, 550,000? Oh, no, Emily. Oh, really? I went the other way. <laughs> Emily, it's 70,000 bucks. Oh, well, shit. I guess I think that ECW is bigger than it was. Yeah, so that's why I want to give a little, little perspective. Because this show did 70,000 buys, which it's not quite their best... It's kind of up there. It's they kind of float around seventy and seventy five thousand for a while. I think their highest ever is ninety nine thousand buys. It's like oh. so close. So if this was a WWE pay per view, it would clock in at the third lowest buy rate ever. 
But this is one of like the most lauded ECW pay per views, right? Y- yes, I mean just ECW just ne- never hit never hit the levels of it. Yeah. The two lower than it are Vengeance 2011, which we are kind of yes. at in our uh, raw skim watching, and WWE ECW December to December 2006. Why didn't they just call it WWE ECW? Because saying because E they, twice hurts. It hurts me. They just said ECW. They just wanted you to think, oh, it's the same thing. It wasn't the same thing. <laughs> we are not the same. However, looking at some um, other competitors to WWE over the years, the best TNA pay-per-view buy rate was 60000 Oh, really? Yeah. So I oh, was kind of looking at That is per um, OSW's website. That. Uh, TNA pay-per-views were kind of hard to find buy rights on it. Because if you're not a publicly traded company, you don't have to release it. That's fair. ECW is a publicly traded company? I guess, I think Bankruptcy Court might be able to, might hmm. be the, the cause of that. Okay, that's shocking. I would have thought they were a private company. I know they are. I'm saying that they went bankrupt. Because they went bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. And the TNA show, it's hard to find info on that. So either would have been Genesis or Bound for Glory 2006. Both shows in 06. They did... Around similar levels, it looked like. Wasn't 2006 kind of a dark time of wrestle? Yeah, I mean, a bit. Definitely looked like TNA was rising. I think their main feud around that time was Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. And in the interest of comparison, AEW. If we're excluding the one where they weren't AEW at the time, the lowest AEW buy rate was 80,000. So AEW is already bigger than... Than ECW was. I think AEW also kind of benefits from the exhaustion of the monopoly factor. Like there hasn't been a real competitor to WWE in a while, and, and they AEW's... have a lot more money behind them too. Exactly. So I think AEW is an actual competitor as opposed to like you know Ring of Honor's not really going to do competition with them. So people who are exhausted by the product of WWE but still love wrestling. Ta-da, you have a new thing to go look at. Yeah, there's a difference between competition and, like, alternative option. Like, Ring right. of Honor is, like, an alternative exactly. option to, for pro wrestling. But I thought that'd be interesting just to take a little note, because, yeah. yeah, ECW, bigger than TNA ever was, even during the Hogan and Bischoff era in TNA. I was kind of hoping we would get through a whole episode without talking about them. Never. Well, TNA might not have been, but uh, AEW definitely more secure in their TV position, even though I think they're moving soon. Than oh, yeah. ECW ever was because ECW's struggle to stay on television is just a story of that of their company. Yeah, but uh, let's get into the actual show. We only have six matches to get through. Yeah, it wasn't a terribly long show. It was supposed to be seven, but one of them won't happen. We'll get to why later. We do start off with weird audio again, and it should be noted that we actually started the first five minutes on Peacock. Then we went, oh wait, we have the original file. So we swapped over about five minutes in. Yes. So we didn't really miss any of the like original music, whatever, but just kind of the the beginning funky stuff. We start with Joey Styles in the ring and he enters his co-host for the night, Francine and the ECW world champion, Shane Douglas. Yeah. I guess I I didn't really understand why Shane Douglas was the host and wasn't competing. His arm was like in like a sling brace the entire time. Yeah. he He has a... I don't know how, how much of it's shoot, how much of it's kayfabe. Considering they keep working over the arm on television, I'm assuming it's kayfabe. I don't know if he has another injury going on. They're just like, okay, you know, like he's like, let's say his knee is actually hurt. It's like, we can have them work okay. over your arm and you're totally and you're safe fine. with your knee. Right. And then it's a story spot. Okay. And they're trying to keep him and Taz apart on TV right now too. Okay. 
So when they get in the ring, Francine kisses Douglas and he just like does a pratfall faint. <laughs> Which is kind of cute. Can we talk about Francine and her outfit? And, she looks amazing. And just all of it. The girl has assets and she flaunts them. And I cannot fault her for that because she looks great. Also, she... <laughs> Yeah, especially in, in 2020, 2021, has some great body positivity. Oh, for sure. Remember, we we actually watched a bit of the ECW television before this pay-per-view. And I was just, and I saw Francine then, and I'm like, damn, she looks good. What does she look like now? And it's like, she looks more, you know, in more like in, in like mom shape. And she did an interview about it, and it was like, people were like, oh, well, you're healthy now. It's like, I was healthy then. I had a high metabolism. I couldn't put on weight. She was young. Like, young people have a higher metabolism. Like, good for her. I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, it was a great quote of just like, no, I I can be healthy then and now. Like The funniest part of Francine, though, when she came out, Nick looked at me and was like, look at the pants on her. <laughs> she is coming out in a thong bikini. I was like, Nick, what pants? I just the lack of it. Yeah, because she's wearing like a little like see-through robe over it, too. I think that's more <laughs> what I was going for. Just but like you a- said the word pants <laughs> she's not wearing pants i totally meant in the british sense which is underwear i don't think so so douglas grabs the mic cue his cut the fucking music <laughs> which it's always so weird here people actually like swear freely on i television. know i love it though i wish that we could still have rest, like actual swearing on wcw wwe I, I wish we had it it makes it more realistic so they talk about the matches through the nights, focusing a bit on Bam Bam Bigelow versus Taz. Yeah, that seems to be like a highlight match. They talk about how at the previous pay-per-view, Bam Bam Bigelow put Taz through the ring. Yes. In a cool looking spot. And they showed that clip a couple of times. That was, that was cool. I will give them that. Especially when it's like a bit into the match. It's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like you're avoiding this one spot kind of thing. In a very... Um, Long setup for a joke. Joey says that Douglas is looking good. Douglas says that Joey isn't looking so bad himself. Joey's like, I got a new suit. It's double-breasted. Like Francine. To which Francine takes Joey's face and shoves it in her boobs. Well, before that, she notes, but the suit didn't cost you six grand like these. I mean, hey girl, if you gotta flaunt it, if you paid six grand for him, yeah. Well, I don't know whether she paid it or... Paul Heyman might It does not matter, but if they cost her, if they cost somebody $6,000, you want everyone to see them. If I, if I got any kind of cosmetic surgery and it cost $6,000, like, okay, comparable. I have been considering getting LASIK eye surgery for months now, and my friend told me it costs $4,000. If I got LASIK eye surgery for $4,000, do you think there is a soul in this world that I would not tell that I got LASIK? And it was $4,000? I would tell everybody. Yeah, there's a dark underbelly of we never know whose boob jobs got paid for and whose didn't and who got asked to get them. And, you know, yeah. maybe it's one of those things where it, it that that's not really our field. It's not for us to discuss. Yeah, there are other programs that will discuss the uh, how fucked up that is. <laughs> so we then cut to the opening package, which... It's just a general ECW hype package. Yeah. Nothing didn't seem like anything special for this pay-per-view. And I think this is where we actually swapped over because it did a weird hard cut to somebody's entrance. And it did it on both versions. Like, oh, that was just weird. It just cut out mm-hmm. of it to, like, Just Incredible's music already playing. Mm. And Just Incredible does not come out first. 
because all three of his valets come out, we get our girl Chastity. Yes. Nicole Bass, who we last saw on uh, WrestleMania 15 episode. Uh, I forgot about. Nicole Bass, or as I call her, it's at least a uh, Nicole Plus. Get away from me. That's an Animal Crossing joke. I hate it. And then Jason, the sexiest man alive. Why is his name just Jason? I don't know. But also, like, he's a pretty ordinary looking dude. Yeah, for, he like, really is. I mean, he also seems to be green as goose shit, but... uh. Listen, I work with a lot of Jasons. They're all, like, average-looking guys. Can you think of any Jasons that are sexy? Momoa. Oh, fuck your right. His name is Jason. I was thinking, like, Jason Bateman, Jason Statham. Like, they're all just kind of, yeah, they're fine. Jason Statham probably has his people who really go gaga for him. Just the name Jason is just very, yeah, basic. Tell that to Justin Incredible's opponent, Jerry Lynn. <laughs> So Justin Incredible is 24 in this match. And I'm like, man, you're looking rough for 24. I know. I just did not expect him to be that young. He's younger than us. Jerry Lynn's uh, mid-30s here, out of curiosity. Oh, okay. So in a weird theme of the night, we get Joey Styles running down, I mean, Nicole Bass and Chastity, and we get weirdly tolerant Shane Douglas. Just, yeah, what do you mean by that? Just not judging anybody. It's just like... Joey Styles said the fact of like of Nicole Bass, like, what do you call that thing? It's like the manager to Just Incredible. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yes. Very tolerant heel here. Ooh. Yes, she's the manager. But I found a fact about Chastity while I was doing my post-show research about her porn career. What is your fact? We have mentioned this before. That so I learned that while she was in ECW, she did a porno, and then. WCW signed her, and then, like, pretty quickly after WCW signed her, like, she was there for a minute, like, we're watching with her now, she gets fired because she was in a porno. Okay, I didn't hear that was the reason. I've heard a lot of weird stuff with that, because I was also looking into that the other day, which sounds gross. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because I heard something about it. It was like, oh, Eric Bischoff said it, and then years later, it's like, oh, it wasn't true. She didn't do porn. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested to know if that's the actual reason, because that... Doesn't seem fair. Even for 1999 standards, that doesn't seem fair that they would yeah. cut her because of her participation in an adult film. Well, for what it's worth, there is an ECW valet. I don't think she's there yet. Who will go on to do porn and might have already been doing porn at the time. Which again, hey, no shame. Make you a coin, girl. If my random wrestling memory is doing me service. Oh, poor choice of words. Um, I think the blue meanie like dates her. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's such a weird character. He really is. So, back to the actual match at hand here. Justin Credible versus Jerry Lynn. This apparently is the final match in their summer series. I don't know how long this was going. Yeah. But early on in the match, we get uh, Justin Asshole Chance. Justin Asshole. Which I thought was clever. That is clever. It's clever and not clever at the same time. It's very obvious, but When you're funny, named Justin you know. Credible, you kind of are asking for that. Yeah. Speaking of chance, there's a moment where they go for a spot in the corner and Jerry Lynn hesitates for about a second and a half, which prompts you fucked up chance. And I'm like, guys, relax. Yeah, ECW crowds are quick to be like, ah, you fucked up. They're quick to like look for a botch. Jerry Lynn hits a nice head scissors and then hits a top rope dive to the outside. Back inside, Credible hits a running knee into a chair in front of Lynn's face that one of his valets are holding. I forget which of the three. I think it was um, Jason. Back on the outside, Jason attacks Lynn, and he has some sloppy-looking offense. 
Like, I don't know why he's around kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. like a, oh, you got some really weak looking kicks and punches. They There was a point in this where they were doing a lot of the, like, the woo trick chops and slaps and things. I did laugh hearing that in ECW. I just find it incredible that the woo chant, like, for a slap has transcended one company. I mean, like, it, it's, it happens to this day. I know. And it, it's just, it's. I think it's a little bit incredible of, like, you know, wrestling lore that that has traveled from where it began. I'm not even sure where it began. WWF? No, it began in WCW. Did it begin? I, I don't know. It's, it, it's just Ric Flair. It's Yeah, but I didn't know if he started it in WWF or something. He didn't, I mean, he's saying he didn't start it. I mean, he, he went woo and he chopped and people started doing it. So it, so it started in WCW and it has gone from every, from there to every company. Like, I bet if somebody did a chop in TNA, the in Impact today, I mean, even, there would still be people that say woo. Well, I was going to say, yeah. Do you mean Ric Flair when he wrestled after his WWE retirement That probably in TNA? also helps that Ric Flair has put his, you know, That's still put me. his shoe in every company. He was never in ECW. Which is shocking a little bit. No, not really. He no? He, he would have cost too much money. God, I just got sad again thinking about Ric Flair wrestling in TNA. Yeah. After he had his like perfect retirement match with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So on the outside, Credible hits Jerry Lynn with a cup of beer. I'm like, really? That's the weapon you're going for? <laughs> at, you know, I know it's liquid ounces, but at best, that's you know 16 ounces. No, it's not. <laughs> that and, shit spilled. Oh, it was about a quarter full too. Yeah. Or was it three quarters empty? Shut up. Back inside, Just Incredible does a like a flare flip in the corner, but does it in an actual way that makes sense where he like lands on the apron and is like ready to do a move. Yeah. He goes for a top rope axe handle, but Lynn catches him with atomic drop and then an immediate flapjack. Credible then catches him with, with a sidewalk slam. This match is moving pretty fast paced. Like it really like, is. I'm not hitting all the points in this match. No, I I like that it's so fast paced. We get a nice spot of Jerry Lynn bridging out of a pin that like, turns it into a power bomb. Yeah, it was cool. It's like, that's what Tori and Sable were going for at that WrestleMania match, yeah. where they just collapsed like, like a fucking Jenga tower. Well, have you tried to do a bridge? Like, try to do a bridge right now. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's not easy. I'm saying, I know I can't do it, so I'm not going to try to do it in a match, in a hypothetical match. You don't realize how heavy your upper body is, particularly your head, until you are trying to push your arms up in a bridge, because Lord, is that difficult. Jerry Lynn follows that up with a top rope Hurricane Rana. He then goes for another one, but Credible turns it into a power bomb and then grabs a chair. Lynn manages to counter and then hits a DDT on the chair. Jerry Lynn then, hit, then hits another top rope, Hurricane Rana from the apron, to the floor and sending Just Incredible through a table on the floor. Yeah. I love a table spot. Back inside, Jason interferes and gets powerbombed for his trouble. <laughs> Nicole Bass comes in and hits a super weak axe handle. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lynn then low blows her, which I'm sure there was some sort of uh, Joey Styles line that I didn't write down about that. I'm not even sure if there was, because I even noted it. I'm like, why is she selling this low blow so hard? Like, okay, well, I, there's there's still nerves down there's there. There's bone, yes, of course. And like, yeah, it would still hurt if you got hit. But she's selling it like she can no longer have children like a guy would, you know? Okay. And well, I'm like, you don't have balls. Let me punch you in the clip. You couldn't hit my... Okay, the way that the arm goes for well, that... I thought that was a personal attack, like, oh, you couldn't find it. You couldn't it. fucking find it if you tried. No, the way the arm goes for a low blow, you're not hitting the clit. Well, the way that you, is made well, to the way, hit balls. The way for the, the arm goes for a low blow, you're not supposed to hit anything in reality. Okay, but even in the kayfabe, you're not... Even if this was entirely real, 
she would get some pain and maybe some bruising because of the bone on her pelvis. Not because, you know, you hit her clit. Like, that's not, that's not going to get hit in that move. That move is made for men who have testicles that hurt when they get hit. That's why I thought it was so weird that she was selling it so hard. Like, yeah, it hurts, but not like a guy it would hurt. Well, in terms of selling that we can agree should have been sold, uh, Chastity then comes in and gets fucking tombstoned yeah. by Jerry Lynn. I'm like, I love Jesus. that. Jesus. Joey saw the commentary. Normally, I wouldn't condone violence against a woman, but she's been asking for it all summer long. Okay. Like, oh, Joey. <laughs> Didn't like that, but I love that Chastity got tombstoned. Like, I think that's really cool. Just Incredible then hits a top rope tombstone, Which aka looked... called That's Incredible. Oh, that looked so painful, but I you, I, I even audibly gasped at that, and you're like, no, 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 he's fine. He's it's fine. safe. You're fine. But it looked rough to me. After the That's Incredible, Just Incredible gets the win. I don't think it was a plot point, but afterwards he just like left his valets in the ring and like went up the ramp himself, but I don't think that's anything to read into. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe if we were watching TV, we would, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I thought this was a really good match and I a great opener. Match. Yeah, I like this match a lot. I don't think we'll see either of these men in WCW, so I think both of them stick around ECW until the end. Does Just Incredible ever come to WWEF? You just walked into my trap. Well, first off, Jerry Lynn does go to WWF. Yeah, I right, know he does. Right before the invasion. Just Incredible will show up right before WrestleMania 17, and he will join a, a very special group. Is it the fucking NWO? It's not the NWO. Is it DX? Nope. Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. I got everything I ever Yo. wanted, and I'll never Yo. get that back. Yo. Oh, I know you hate that X Factor, but you ain't gotta look at me like that. I said you ain't gotta look at me. No, like I said that. DX. That's not DX. That, That's you, the X Factor. That's a totally. How is that? It's it's still Xbox. How is that not DX? So every group Xbox is in is DX. If he's going with X, is he still wearing green and black? Is he going with the X Factor? Like, come on. That's still DX. It's not DX. Mm. It's not DX. Though I wonder if that's why Just Incredible thought he was part of the clique. <laughs> well, maybe. No. Albert was not part of DX. Oh, what year is this? This is 2000. This is, this we is, watched this. This is post-DX dying. We watched this. Yeah. Because I remember this. Yeah. The, the, tri- the trio of X-Pac, Just Incredible... And A-Train. Or Albert. I forget what he's going Albert, by that week. Yeah. Oh, what a dark time. Emily, you're dealing with the X Factor. I really blacked out. I got everything I ever wanted. And, and I will never get that back. Now, I know you hate X Factor. Yes, I do. <laughs> so we do have more ECW shows. So we sh- I think we'll see the- both these guys throughout that. Okay. Moving on to match number two, because there's nothing in between. Mm-mm. They really power through these matches. We get Lance Storm versus Chris Candido. Can I be serious for a second? Where is she going to hype package for this? Yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> it was interesting that this is 98 and ECW is doing hype packages and WCW is not. Couldn't be point. bothered. <laughs> I did laugh at when the package was going. You're like, I know that voice. Oh, it's, yeah, because it's Paul Heyman. Just Paul Heyman just be like, when Chris Candido did this. Is that your Paul Heyman impression? It's my ECW Paul Heyman feud package impression, yes. <laughs> wow, well, I think it could do better. That could be toned. So the story of this match is its former tag partners turned enemies. Lance Storm Ooh. comes out and he has gotten rid of the rat tail since barely legal. Thank God. Chris Candido comes out to back in black. <laughs> 
which I know previously a couple guys have come out to songs and I'm like, this sounds vaguely familiar. This is the and first then I one heard that Back I in know. Black start up and I went, oh wow, you, this is the one you're asking to get copyright stricken. He also has a surprise with him. Who's with him, Emily? Sunny Tammy. Tammy Sunny. <laughs> it's Sunny, but they can't use, they legally can't use Sunny, so it's Tammy Lynn. I called her, I interchanged calling her t- Sunny and Tammy. Tammy, who was apparently recently fired from WWF for refusing to go to rehab. Oh, I, I did not know that was this era of Sunny Tammy. It's a lot of eras. Oh, no. Do you want to watch a movie tonight? What movie do you want to watch, Emily? <laughs> I don't know. Something about eggs. What? How do you like your eggs, Nick? Oh. Do you like them sunny side up? So Candido comes out and he's wearing some wrestling headgear, which is, an, I think it's kayfabe. I couldn't find anything on this. They're talking about how there was a match with Landstorm and Chris Candido versus Rob Van Dam and Sabu, and like part of Candido's ear got ripped off. And the reason I think it's kayfabe is because at one point in this match, the headgear comes off, and on commentary, Joe Styles like, "If it looks fine, it's because he got cosmetic surgery." Oh. And I'm like, "That just screams quick cover him." <laughs> yeah. Excuse we had to kayfabe it of like, oh yeah, it's not because this never happened. It's because cosmetic surgery. So shortly after Storm takes the headgear off Candido, Candido hits an, it's a top rope splash to the floor. Sunny trips Lance Storm, so he chases her around ringside. She has a good scream. Can we talk about Sunny's scream? Yeah, it's not irritating, which is a very unique skill for a wrestling ballet. Oh, God, speaking of irritating, we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. No, but like Sunny's scream is kind of like realistic. Just like, ah! Yeah, but it was like, it except, was... Except not Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was real, though. Like, not real, obviously, but it was like a believable scream. So he chases her around ringside, and then she kind of goes through the ring. Candido catches Storm and hits a running powerbomb. Follows that up with a very long, delayed vertical suplex. Like, he holds him there for a while. Yeah, he does. To the point where I was like, why are you doing this? We get it. You're strong, but why? That was a nice suplex. Then we get an apron suplex onto the concrete by Lance Storm. <laughs> and I was like, ow. Is this when they went into the audience? Right before that. Okay, okay, okay. Because Storm suplexes Candido from the ring apron onto the floor. And I'm like, ah, because it's still concrete out there. There's no oh, mats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Storm then springboards into the front row onto Candido. And I'm like, I don't think I realized that Storm had that in him. There were just people in the front row. He just landed right in their laps. Yeah. Like straight into their laps. I'm like, I guess you expect that at an ECW show. But the I think it was the woman because they were wearing like a full bright pink outfit. They were just... Not expecting it. So I'm thinking there was somebody that like paid a little extra money for like good seats at this event. They didn't expect to be part of the show. <laughs> That's what you get for not watching ECW. Maybe. Because yeah, they weren't wearing like, you know, t-shirt and jeans. They were wearing like a full, I want to say it was like a suit, a bright pink suit. I mean, what else are they to do in Dayton? You're not wrong. <laughs> so Candido goes up top, but he gets caught and Landstorm hits a superplex. We then get a diving spinning heel kick by Storm followed by a tiger bomb. Sonny gives Chris Candido some powder, which I'm just like... Pocket sand. <laughs> well, some white powder, and I'm like, I guess you wouldn't waste it. And I'm like, mm. You absolutely not waste it. Stor- you thinking that's some nose clams. Storm knocks it into Candido's eyes and then follows up with a super kick. Storm goes up top, but Sonny gets in the ring and then, like, rubs his butt before crotching him on the top rope. Oh, yeah. So I thought 
that she was going to pull him down, but instead she just, like, caresses his butt. Well, there's apparently been a story going on that it's like, ooh, Storm might have been interested in Sunny, and they're, like, fighting over Sunny a bit. Mm. But she's been gone for, I don't even know how long at this point. Yeah. She came back to manage Legion of Doom. Wow, that really wouldn't have been all that long ago. But Storm gets crotched on the top rope. The ref goes to get her out of the ring, but Chris Candido gets up and he can't see. So he goes to roll up the ref, who's apparently holding Sonny's top. Because when he gets rolled up, he like rips her top like off. Yeah. But not enough to where it's like, oh my god, everything's flying. It's like enough time where she's like, okay, I can cover up. And enough then... that things are loose and she needs to cover up quickly. The crowd goes nuts for her, even though they don't see anything. They're like, oh my god, possible tits. Ugh. Possible titties. She it's rolled, the idea of boobs. She rolls onto like the ramp and someone comes down to like bring her like some sort of blanket to cover oh it my up. God, no. Which gets major booze. I don't know who this man is because it's not a blanket. It's somebody on like the outside. I don't know if it's like a PA or whoever. But he takes off his jacket and puts it over her. And I'm like, that's a good guy right there. That's sweet as hell. I like him. Yeah, but he got hella booze for that. So despite Candido being blinded... And Landstorm is just sitting there the whole time for all this. Candido sets up for a top rope powerbomb called the Blonde Bombshell. <laughs> named after me. <laughs> named, named after Sonny. No. He hits it and wins. Can you give me one compliment? No. So Candido wins and then he tries to do an awkward arm raise with Sonny. But she tries to, to keep her boobs in her shirt. Thoughts on the match? Good, but the first one was still better. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, not bad by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, the, the entire first half of the show is very good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is better than anything we've seen on the uh, recent Nitros, it feels like. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I even made a note about this. I'm like, this is all way more entertaining. I'd say like five of six matches are like really fucking good. With the exception of um, Dean and Benoit versus Ray and Kidman. That was a great match. I don't want to tar all the Nitro matches with the same feather. Of course not. But like, you know. One great show in a pile of turds is just, you know. Well, we cut to commentary and Francine's just there. (laughs) Just there. Doesn't have a headset on. It's like, couldn't contribute if she wanted to. (laughs) Joey Styles cuts to a clip from earlier today from the parking lot. New Jack's there with with the crowd kind of waiting to get in. And cuts a promo kind of hyping him up. He's apparently facing Jack Victory later. Who, Who the fuck is Jack Victory? I don't really know. Okay. So Jack Victory comes up and starts, like, taunting him. And then all of a sudden, the Dudley boys just, like, roll up in their, like, rent-a-car. Yeah. <laughs> and just start beating the shit out of New Jack. And this is where I noticed something strange. So we made a note earlier in the show about how they are not censoring swear words. Yes. But in this promo, the fucks start flying. But we wouldn't know it because they're all getting bleeped. Yeah, it was strange. It was weird. I don't know. I don't have an explanation yeah. for you. So various members of the roster try to break it up, and I don't know who it is. I don't know the ECW 98 roster all that well, but New Jack is, like, dead, and someone's, like, holding them in his arms, and it's like, we need a medic! (laughs) Again, so I was doing a little bit of research. I don't remember their name either, because it's not something that was stuck in my head, but that's another, like, super hardcore, like, hack-type person who's just, like, all about blood. So the fact that he was, like, like, cuddling his head, like, It looked kind of like one of the Nasty Boys. Maybe it was one of the nasty. I don't remember. I don't know, but um, I don't know if they're around at this time. But apparently the fact that he was cuddling New Jack's head was like a very heartwarming, 
out of character moment. Well, it, it's like the end of fucking Platoon. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> He's gonna die. So apparently there is now no weapons match later, which I'm like, you know, I'm fine with. I didn't need a weapons match. As some, I mean, with New Jack too, it's like, eh. I forgot who New Jack was until I remembered who New Jack was. Yes. And then I was like, I'm not a fan of New Jack. We then get a backstage promo with Bill Alfonso, Rob Van Dam, and Sabu. And by that, I mean it's 90% Rob Van Dam. Yeah. But that's by design. His entire gimmick right now is that he's tag team champions, but he's a glory hog. So he's like, yeah, remember when I won? It's like, um, excuse me. And Sabu, and Sabu doesn't talk, so he just acts pissed off in the yeah. background. So is that part of Sabu's character? He does not talk? Yes. Okay. There's a great behind-the-scenes clip somewhere. I don't even remember where the hell I saw it. Of a segment with him and Paul Heyman. And... They're supposed to be angry at each other, and Sabu is like, fuck, is like, fuck you, or go fuck yourself. And, he, and Paul, Paul's like, cut. It's like, Sabu, you don't talk. Why is everyone telling me to go fuck myself? <laughs> it's like, you don't talk. You, you can't just come in with that. Right. It can't be your first words. <laughs> like, what is that, that, that go-to for everybody? <laughs> so we get the uh, mildly infamous Rob Van Dam talking about his opponents and doing the sneeze. Hakushi. Which is a reference to one of his opponents used to be, wrestle in WWF under the name Hakushi. Is that Ayabusa? The former Hakushi is now Jinsuke Shinzaki. Hakushi's a silly name. But they don't even seem to know their opponents' names. They're like, ah, uh, you know, whatever they're called. Whoever the fuck they are. I mean, yeah. they only seem to be in ECW for one night, so. Yeah. But I hate Bill Alfonso. We'll get to him later. Even in this promo, I did not like him. I found him very annoying. We'll get to him later. I want to talk about our next match. Fair. Our next match is Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. You can hear the excitement in Nick's voice because he loves Mike Awesome so much. One of my boys. The fucking <laughs> mullet on him, too. I Jesus. Know. Such a mullet. A very strong mullet. A mullet in 1998, too. That's pretty rare. No. I mean, I, apparently the mullet's coming back. I don't know how I feel about that. Ew, like in 2021? Yeah. Ew, no, no, no. I was very happy to hear when Masato Tanaka came out, they didn't have some sort of chopsticks racist music for him. Yeah, I was a little shocked. Because even with like Shinsuke Nakamura on current day WWE, it's a little like, oh, don't forget, he's Japanese. But that shit slaps. It does slap, but it's like, don't forget, he's Japanese. It absolutely does slap. It's the same I kind of... I think it's literally called like the Rising Sun or no. something. <laughs> But it's also the same as Drew McIntyre getting the uh, the bagpipes. Yeah. You know? It's it's very similar. Don't forget he's Scottish. <laughs> he's apparently trying to break out his uh, his old theme song, which is called Broken Dreams. Oh. Back when he was the chosen one. But I am the chosen one. You'll get to experience WCW's chosen one soon. Harry Potter comes to WCW? In a manner of speaking. Oh, no. The chosen one. Somebody who is uh, a bit overrated for themselves definitely is coming. Harry Potter comes to the WCW. We'll have to roll with that once this person gets there. Okay. I say this as a huge fan of Harry Potter. I have a Harry Potter tattoo on my arm. But Harry Potter is overrated listen, as a character. Listen, careful. If you call him Harry Potter, it might piss him off. And he told you not to piss him off. So the match starts, and this is a good big boy match. Just big no boy. This is nothing but power moves. It really is. Awesome hits a slingshot shoulder block to counter a running Tanaka. And Mike Awesome just hits a lot of, like, springboard and top rope moves. Thoughts on that from a guy his size? It was shocking. It was not something I was expecting. Yeah. I like it, though. I, you know I love a top rope springy move. Yeah, he hits, like, a running tope, just, like, diving over the top rope on the, on the Tanaka. 
who I, I love am, it when big guys get on the top rope. I am struggling so hard to call him Tanaka and not Tatanka, Tatanka? who is is a totally different wrestler with a Native American gimmick from the mid nineties and also the early two thousands. Tatanka, that's the best you got for a Native American gimmick. It means buffalo. Tanaka, I almost called him Tatanka there. Tanaka hits a springboard clothesline inside the ring and grabs a chair. He then goes all the way up the ramp and then runs back with the chair and hits a jumping chair shot. <laughs> I like that. I'm like, what's the, is, is going to the top of the ramp really going to give you more power? Well, it's, like, it, I know, it's just I know building up was, speed. I know that's what he was doing, but he didn't seem to be going all He was fast. the little engine that could. <laughs> he thinks he can. My favorite chair point with this, I think comes in later, but they're playing like chair swords, chair fencing. Yes, that's the next. That's the next <laughs> note I have. That's my favorite chair spot in this. Well, I should. I was say. I feel like I should partially note that these shots are to the head, but it's ECW, so you it's kind of implied. It, yeah. yeah, they get tossed to the floor right next to a table, which seemed like he was kind of supposed to go through, and they just kind of lightsaber fight with the chairs on the outside. <laughs> yeah. They just do a little fencing match. Which Tanaka wins. Awesome hits a springboard splash from the ring over the barricade in a very similar spot to the Landstorm spot in the last match. Back in the ring, Awesome calls for the Awesome Bomb and hits it, but Tanaka kicks out. Ooh. Awesome hits an Alabama slam and then goes up top and hits a diving splash. We get two big fuck you chair shots right to the skull of Masato Tanaka. He counters a third one, but then... Eventually just gets clobbered with it. Yeah. By the way, Masato Tanaka, by all accounts, seems fine these days. That's good. We then get a running powerbomb from Awesome, and he goes for a table, but just kind of like moves it around the outside as opposed to like getting it in. It's kind of odd. Yeah, I wasn't sure what his plan was with that, but I don't we, know. We then get a top rope chair shot from Mike Awesome. I love the top rope. I think that's really cool. He's going up there. Tanaka escapes two awesome bombs through the table on the floor and manages to hit one of his own to awesome through the table on the floor with awesome basically landing on his fucking neck. Oh my god, yeah. He took that table shot right to his neck. Like, ow. I think that's the Japanese training of they like train you to not break your neck when you land on it. How do you train that? It's a bone. How do you train a bone to not break? The muscle around it. Tanaka tosses him in the ring and covers him, but Awesome kicks out. Tanaka hits a roaring elbow, but Awesome kicks out of that too. We then get a tornado DDT onto the chairs from Tanaka, and he gets the pin. A little bit of a weird ending in terms of just like coming in, hitting three moves, and pretty much getting the win, but I absolutely love this match. Yeah, I know you did. I don't want a whole show of matches like this, but as a treat. (laughs) Just as a treat. I, I love it. I, that said, I also get that this is not for everyone. This was not for me. Like, I liked bits of this. I liked it. It's just, it was not, you know, the best of the best for me. So both men are absolutely fine coming out of this match. I don't think they probably don't, I don't, I doubt they even miss a show. Oh. But Mike Austin will tear his ACL later, later in the month. Ugh. Or like next month. And it's like, he did all that. And it's just like, oh, random match. Just like tore. Tear your ACL. That sucks. And he'll be gone for about a year. Damn. I think I like the rematch at One Night Stand 2005 better, but there are they're very similar matches. Okay, no, it was a good match. Like it's still up there with like all three of these matches have been really good. Yeah, it's a great first half of the show. Oh yeah. We then get a backstage promo from Taz, patented ECW promo with, with the towel with the over towel head. the raggedy towel over the head because yeah. you don't have long hair. Yeah, 
He wants to have long hair so badly. Like, my guy, get a wig. Kane did it. Taz calls Bam Bam Bigelow, who he's facing later, Big Boy, which just made me think of Gordon Ramsay just yelling at Bam Bam Bigelow in somewhere in a kitchen. Uh, I thought you were going to say it made you think of um, Brock Lesnar. Big oh. Boy. <laughs> Big Boy. Also works. <laughs> so, more or less, the gist of this promo is that he says it's going to be a war. You You took issue with Taz saying that he liked getting beaten up. I just didn't quite understand it for Taz's character. He he was saying something along the lines of like, I like that you beat the shit out of me or something along those lines. Yeah. Like, and oh, why? It, it's, it's the Taz has been so dominant that is that he's happy to finally have a challenge. I find it bizarre that Taz was ever dominant. Yeah, he was. And he was good. I'm not a Taz fan. I don't get Taz. This isn't a bad promo. It's not super memorable to no, me. No, it's really not. We go to commentary where Shane Douglas is pissed off to even hear from Taz. And he's like stabbing the belt with his pen. Yeah, he's, he's so dramatic. He really is. Not to be outdone about being pissed off about promos. We then get Joey Styles having to throw to the Dudley boys. Like, I, I don't want to even watch that. I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> Fuck these guys. He's so dramatic. I love it. We get Joel Gertner starting. He doesn't say much of note. And then um, we get Bubba Ray Dudley, which I think is spelled in ECW, Bubba. B-U-H-B-U-H. Yes. Ugh. Thoughts on his accent? I didn't really have any thoughts on it. I didn't notice it all that the much. The deep southern accent? I didn't notice it all that for much. For a man clearly from Brooklyn. <laughs> Honestly, I'm happy that he just doesn't have the stutter. <laughs> you know how long he has it in WWE? I think he has it for like three or four months. Yeah, not long. Not and they're just year. like, yeah, okay, you're done with that. But uh, this is a big 80s-style shouty promo. Very shouty. You know, they ask uh, Devon what he thinks. Devon cuts uh, a long, eloquent promo. No, he doesn't. No, he just says testify. I was going to say, no, he doesn't. Did I miss something? <laughs> this is the Dudley Boys story <laughs> of, of Bubba Ray cutting a super long promo and then Devon testify. Man of few words. So we go to match number four on the evening. ECW tag team title match, the team of Rob Van Dam and Sabu with Bill Alfonso versus Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzaki. Nice. (laughs) Your your pronunciation of the Japanese names is getting better. Yeah, I'm trying. You're doing good. Um, The Japanese team does come out to what I described as morning news music. Oh my god, yeah. It It was very generic. Like, it would be... You know, iMovie has their, like, set sounds that you can put behind something. This one is called News Report. Yes. <laughs> coming up next, the mass transit incident. Stop. <laughs> As we're coming out, though, I did appreciate Joey Styles talking about them, trying to put yeah. them over. And it's like, look, this is why these guys are a big deal. And, like, they're impressive. And, yeah, totally. And once again, thanks, the dirt sheet writers, which is just weird to hear on a professional pay-per-view. <laughs> In a nice little touch, the champions come out to Rob Van Dam's music. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it, it's all about him, which, which is he's uh, also Pantera's wearing... block. Yes. But he's also wearing both belts. Well, yeah, I mean, that's good. I kind of want him. I know, but it's just very well, much like I am more important than everyone here. He's like, wearing them in belts. a weird way because I didn't even realize he was wearing both of them at first. And then like one shifted and went, okay, you're wearing he's both. He's wearing them both as belts. Yes, Rob Van Dam is also the television champion. And we get an interesting note in the introductions. I thought it was a mistake at first, but apparently it's not. They build Sabu as being from Bombay, Michigan. I thought they were talking about Rob Van Dam being no, from there. No, Rob Van Dam is from Battle Creek, Michigan. They're both from Michigan? 
I don't even know where Sabu's actually from, but he's usually built from being from Bombay, India. I wonder if they just kind of flubbed because they, they knew that he was from Battle Creek and he's well, from Bombay. That's what I thought, but apparently he's built from there semi-often. What? So, yeah, I found that kind of interesting. That is strange. However, it does appear there is at least a neighborhood or something called Bombay in Michigan, so I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not even going to look too far into that. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a mistake, and then I'm like, oh, is it Rob Van Dam either in kayfabe or ribbing him, you know, kind of fucking with him? I don't know. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of the match, though. I really liked, kind of changing the subject, I really liked Jinsei's look. Like, the uh, the Japanese characters going down his body in the vertical lines. Yeah, I've never looked into how he does that. No, you were saying that it might be like an airbrush sort of stencil thing. Yeah, I don't but know. I liked it. I thought it looked really oh, cool. Oh, yeah. It, it, everybody in this match has a great look. Yeah. We also laughed during the introductions that Rob Van Dam finally has his point for Rob Van Dam down. Yeah, the three thumb points, the Rob Van Dam. And then the match starts. I'm guessing you were and... not a fan of this match? Well, no, 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 no. It's not the match that's the issue. Um, oh, we need to talk about Bill Alfonso. Do we? Bill Alfonso and his fucking whistle. I want someone to kick that whistle down his fucking windpipe. I think even Joey Styles says it on commentary. Take that whistle and shove it up his ass. Like, there's a way for heels to be irritating. And I get that. I kind of cite Vicky Guerrero's excuse me, Ugh. which I know yes, you don't like. Yes, you're right. But she but doesn't do it throughout the match. Yeah. Bill Alfonso is actively hurting the matches yeah. he's managing. He's hindering the quality of a match. Like This was a fairly good match. But it got knocked down a bunch of points I literally for me was like forcing myself to like my brain was like forcing myself into distractions because it's like you just need to not focus on this. We had to mute the TV. Yeah. We muted it first and then we like turned it onto a low volume. Like I, I don't care what his comeuppance is. I don't oh, I don't want to it's it's X Pac heat. It's go away heat for me. Yeah, it's it's terrible. But uh we did watch a good portion of this match. I just watched all of it, but like paying attention, we did our best with notes. It's also a fairly fast-paced match, it is. so, and it starts off with them actually observing the actual tag rules, and then it just breaks down about halfway through, and it's like, all right, come in and out as you want, and it's ECW, yeah. so there's no DQ anyway, so. Yeah, like, in when we're watching WCW matches, I feel the need to ask you, like, did I miss a stipulation? Is this a no DQ match? In ECW, I don't really feel the need to ask you that. Yeah. Because they actually do take a little while to start, and when they once they finally do start... Rob Van Dam and Hayabusa go technical. They do, yeah. We get a slightly sloppy springboard from Hayabusa. Like, it really wasn't bad. And it results in you fucked up chance. And I'm like, again, guys, chill. They're just so excited to catch a botch. It is kind of amazing how over Rob Van Dam and Sabu are. I mean, I guess it's yeah. only 4,400 people, but it's just like, they do anything and the crowd erupts. We get a really cool spot of Shinzaki doing... The Undertaker's old school, but he walks the entirety of one rope and then like half of another. And the yes. crowd even is like, okay, yeah. like That know, was really impressive. Golf, golf clap. That's fucking great. Yeah, that he, was really cool. I think he did that in WWF too. Did he? Yeah. And I think right after that spot is where we mute the match. I think so, yeah. We get an acai moonsault to both Rob Van Dam and Sabu by Hayabusa onto the floor. Sabu actually manages to hit his chair-assisted springboard splash over the barricade, which I thought was impressive considering 
he only goes for it once during this match because when we watched Better Legal, he went for it like eight times, and I think mm-hmm. only got four or five of them correctly. Yeah, his average is getting better. Rob Van Dam hits his corkscrew leg drop to the barricade on Hayabusa. We then get Sabu on the top rope asking for a chair, which Bill Alfonso tosses to him, but Sabu fucks up the catch. Yeah, I did think that was funny. Like, it could have been a cool spot, but you, you couldn't catch the chair. That um, would have been a you fucked up chant, I think. Yeah, which didn't get one. I don't yeah, think. what? They still do do the spot of Rob Van Dam, Hashinzaki in like a Mexican surfboard stretch, and Sabu hits a diving chair shot to his ribs. It's kind of like a toss. I don't think he wanted to yeah. really hurt him, considering there's like no good way to protect yourself there. Yeah. The match is fast paced, but that whistle, it just is killing, just killing me. And I don't think we realize how hard it is to watch muted wrestling. It just it's feels so easy weird. to get distracted, too. Yeah. Like, you're not following what the audience is responding to, so you just kind of, like, drift off. Yeah, and you're not hearing commentary, like, tell mm-hmm. the story or anything, so it's just, like, it's really easy to get distracted. We actually, like, I, like, I missed a, a 450 splash at one point in this you match. You did, yeah. And it was, like, around this time. I was yeah. just like, yeah, it just, I blame Bill Alfonso. Yeah, I blame Bill Alfonso for a lot of the downfalls of this. We get poetry in motion by the champions before it's called that. Yeah, you did point that out. I'm like, oh yeah, that's poetry in motion. That's the Hardy Boys move. <laughs> Late in the match, people just kind of come and go as they wish, which is tough to call for us, but is exciting in terms of the match. Yeah, there comes a point where you don't really care who's legal. We, we get a Rob Van Dam frog splash from like coming from out of frame at one point. He just appears out of nowhere. We also get a really cool Boston Crab diving leg drop combo from the champions. And then we get a kind of coast to coast. It's a um, it's like a diving sidekick from Rob Van Dam to Hayabusa, who's sitting on the top rope. Mm. And Bill Alfonso holds a chair in front of his head. Yeah. Late in the match, Shinsaki tries to hold Rob Van Dam on a table via like headlock in order for Hayabusa to dive onto him. But the table just kind of collapses as he's laying on it. Yeah. There was big booze for that. Hayabusa just hits the dive with Rob Van Dam just like laying on the um, table on the floor. <laughs> yeah. We get a Van Daminator to Shinzaki as they set up a table. And then we get what I think what both of us thought was going to be a super dangerous spot. But it ended up being really cool. Where both the challengers are laying on the same table like head, head to, to head. And both the champions hit diving leg drops like onto them through the table. From all from like different corners yes and get the win it was so cool it, it could have gone so poorly yeah. but it looked really good when the fact it that right. it didn't go poorly yeah like literally there's a spot in i think it's like a royal rumble where edge and ray mysterio try to hit like a missile drop kick at this at the same time to the same guy mm-hmm. and it literally results in him getting concussed because because one of them jumped a little early so yeah. he went down and then i think like edge lands right on his fucking head and it's like oh god ouch yeah, actually, I think it was the guy they did it to was Chris Nowinski. I don't know. I don't know if that's the one that caused him to retire, but remind that, me who Chris Nowinski is. Uh, Har- uh, well, you probably know him from Tough Enough. He was Harvard Chris, who now oh. who now goes around educating people on, on, concussions. on concussions. Yes. So I don't know if that's the one that caused him to retire, oh. but it's a guy who re- to retire because of concussions. Damn. That's, so that's kind of what I was worried about. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. one of them does it early, and then it's like a weird level of fucking up your legs. But they did it well. Yeah. This was a good match. It wasn't. It was my least favorite of the night to this point. Also, the longest match of the night. I want to say. Yeah, I, I think it felt like the longest match too. It's it's by it's by no stretch a bad match though. Oh, it God just, no! I really do blame Bill Alfonso. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you. It just it's bad. It 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 just hurts. Like a whistle has never made anything better. 
And the fact that it never stopped and it also wasn't in rhythm with anything, just it hurt. Yeah, I think at one point I we when we unmuted it, I like saw him like reach in his pocket, and I'm like, oh fuck me, he's going back to it. <laughs> We're four matches down, two left. Next up, we have Bam Bam Bigelow versus Taz for the FTW Championship, and that's called Fuck the World Championship. Yeah, it's yeah. meant it was established because Shane Douglas wasn't giving Taz. A world championship match, so Taz went and created his own world championship. Right. I think that actually has reappeared on AEW television. Before the men come out, we get a hype package, and the main story is that Taz needs to beat Bam Bam Bigelow to get to Shane Douglas. It's like going through the henchmen to get to the final boss kind of situation. Right. I guess it wasn't a twist, but in just an interesting note, Bam Bam Bigelow comes out to Welcome to the Jungle. Which Rick Steiner on WCW television is coming out to a knockoff of Welcome to the Jungle, while Bam Bam Bigelow has no music. And I was like, that's It's weird. nice that Bam Bam Bigelow's coming out to music. Like, that makes me happy because I hate him coming out to nothing. <laughs> I turned to you when Bam Bam Bigelow came out and I went, oh, can you, who's that Pokemon? But he's literally in the same gear as we saw him on the, on the yeah. April 5th Nitro. <laughs> he looks like the magic carpet from Aladdin. However... Because we were watching an SD, it is very largely just black and purple. So he is ghastly. Yes. If we were doing a Who's That Pokemon, he'd be ghastly or haunter and probably ghastly. So Taz comes out to a song that is unique to him, for him in ECW. I is really it? like the song. You really think that slaps? I think it does. I don't know. I like it. Okay, to each their own. I, just, I don't think that it's all that memorable, to be honest. I like it better than his WWE theme song, which is just proto The Shield. I guess that's fair. Yeah, I mean, neither of them are that memorable to me. Also, I just don't like Taz, so that's probably why it's not memorable. <laughs> Did you like Joey Styles calling Taz a miserable son of a bitch? Yes. <laughs> I mean, accurate. So when they do the pre-match introductions, they note that this is apparently a death match and it's false count anywhere. Yes. Really, the only important well, thing that is false count anywhere. Yeah, because so they, like, they're going to go around the arena. Like, they're going to, you know, in the audience. Like, I, I, I'm, I feel like every ECW match is kind of false count anywhere. Because, like, they go into the audience, like, a lot of matches. Yeah, but I don't think they ever go for a pin out there. I think you have to no. do it in the ring. Okay, I guess that's true. So, almost immediately, Bam Bam Bigelow hits a power bomb, which Taz no-sells. <laughs> Taz hits a Samoan drop pretty early on, which I thought was kind of weird because it's like a Bam Bam's kind of a heavy guy they they don't do the oh can he lift him kind of thing it's like no. he just gets him up and does a zone drop right because well, it's not really a question on whether or not if Taz is strong like we know Taz is strong they, so it's not like oh he lifted Bam Bam it's amazing like yeah obviously he's strong they would do that with John Cena though in WWE like they that man has FU'd or aid the big show probably 50 times and like can he get him up <laughs> like they did it with like Umaga too who's like you know 350 yeah. You know that man benches like 800 pounds or something. Taz and Bam Bam brawl through the crowd as the camera struggles to follow. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel for the camera guys in those situations. It's kind of a messy brawl for a lot of it. Uh, they go onto like the stage. Taz hits a belly to belly onto the concrete, which all things considered didn't look too sore. It looked pretty protected. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because it was kind of like Taz belly to belly where it's like almost like diagonal rather than like over the head. Right. So you can kind of break it a little bit easier. And Taz is a more technical wrestler. Like he knows how to be safe. Yeah. Taz locks in an arm bar in the crowd, but Bam Bam Bigelow manages to break it. They finally get back to ringside and Bigelow throws a chair across Taz's back and they go inside the ring. We get a powerbomb and Bam Bam goes for a table and somewhere 
around this brawl, Taz developed like a cut over his eye. And blood yeah, like on his forehead. It, it wasn't anything too bad. It wasn't like covered in blood. Yeah. But yeah, I did notice it a little bit. I don't know if it was hardware or not. I would assume it was hardware. I didn't see any clear spot where exactly. it was like, yeah. It oh, wasn't an obvious blade spot. Bam Bam sets up a table in the corner. And Taz gets Irish whipped front first through the table. <laughs> the table breaks pretty cleanly in half. So Taz, Taz plexes Bam Bam through, in a lot of quotes, the other half. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was exactly in half. I think it was like kind of close to the lower third. And it just looked like they wanted to get more out of the table. More breaks out of it. They're fighting up the ramp a little bit. And Taz has this like stomp kick kind of thing. You know, just like kicking a guy while he's, while he's down. Yeah. And Joey keeps calling it, that's a Brooklyn boot. It's a form of, like, you know, Japanese, like, Yakuza kick. It's like, it's a stomp. Chill. Yeah, what? Like, I missed that. It's like, it's like three notes, like, Brooklyn boot, another Brooklyn boot there. It's like, just, you just really want to say Brooklyn boot. They brawl up the ramp, and Bam Bam signals that he's going to press slam Taz, like, into the crowd from, from the ramp. But Taz counters, hits a tornado DDT through the ramp. The ramp just breaks. Yeah, obviously they're trying a cavern. to. cavern. They were trying to recreate the going through the ring the last time these two brawled. But I think this was a little bit more like, holy shit, where did they go? Do you know who was responsible for setting up that spot in terms of having it be able to break? No. Mikey Whipwreck. Really? Apparently. Was he on like the ring crew? He was, I mean, he would have been on the roster at the time too, but I think it was just like a, look, this is a niche spot. Let's, you know, let's try to find a way to do it safely. So Good job, Mikey. But when they go through Shane Douglas on commentary, they're dead. <laughs> yes, Shane, they're definitely dead. We get some holy shit chants. Are like only ones of the night. Yeah. And somehow Bam Bam Bigelow gets out first, and, but is like pretty groggy. Taz then gets out and it's all fired up. He locks in the Taz mission on the ramp and Bam Bam Bigelow taps out. They called it a tap out. I did not see it. He tap seems out. to just be reaching for the ropes. We don't get any sort of replay, but like. And it, Shane Douglas also says he was reaching for the ropes. Yeah, Shane Douglas is screaming He's in commentary. Mad. Like he didn't tap. <laughs> he was reaching. Yeah, but I didn't see him tap, and it seemed like he was just kind of reaching for the ropes, and like in doing so, the hands kind of hit the mat. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that counts as a tap out. But that's a victory for Taz. And he gets on the ropes and kind of challenges Douglas as Douglas throws a monitor off the commentary booth. Yeah, it goes a little hissy fit. And apparently slams his headset and heads backstage. This wasn't a bad match. It was probably better for the people in attendance because yeah, I don't always love the crowd brawling. You rarely do anything unique with it. It's just kind of punch here, punch there. Yeah, no, nothing big good happens. It's just like you are in the audience now. But it was a cool spot of the going mm. through the ramp. It really was. I think I like the going through the ring better. You think? It's a little more unexpected, I want to say. I don't know. I'd say they're both pretty unexpected. I think the going through the ring is a little bit more show-stopping. Fair. Yeah, this match was somewhere between fine and good. Yes, exactly. We then get some very awkward stalling from Joey Styles. Because then you try to fix the ramp before... They resume. Yeah, and he's trying to be, like, flustered because his co-host just stormed off. He's like, I'm doing this on my own. I'm here. What do you want me to say? I don't know how much of it was kayfabe fluster and shoot fluster of, like, I don't really know what the fuck to do. I don't know how to feel this time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I didn't know I'd have to. So Right. So he throws to an ad plugging November to Remember, and then he throws to an ad plugging the ECW catalog. Yeah, I forgot about the catalog. That just seemed really random and weird. 
He then does a bit of setup for the main event. And our main event of the evening is going to be the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer, Spike Dudley, and the Sandman. And because the Sandman's here, I think we need to do round two of our Sandman game. So that means I gotta fill the silence again? Those of you that did not listen to our ECW Barely Legal episode, the Sandman game is you have the length of an Enter Sandman to match Sandman in his number of beers. (laughs) Go for one for one, right? Yeah, so last time and this time he had three. So um, that's what we're going to try to go for here. So you're going to try to chug five beers in five minutes. No, three beers. Three beers in five minutes. Yes. Five and a half minutes. I See, I thought you could do it last time and you didn't. Well, so, so the difference is this time I'm doing lukewarm beer. Ew. As opposed to ice cold beer. Because Gross. that kind of killed me a little bit. I'm judging you. All right. So on the... Do the uh, ASMR. Do ASMR. ASMR. All right. Let's go. All right. Like, I want to sing the song over your head, over you, but I won't. Because I also don't know all the words to Enter Sandman. Don't try to talk while doing this. Well, no, I'm going to try. I have to do both, because he also is performing his entrance during this. Fair. And also, like, inhaling a whole cigarette. This man does a lot in one entrance. Because we get a promo package, and the main, or in promo package, they really just one clip. It's the Dudley Boys breaking Beulah's neck. Yes. Who is Tommy Dreamer's. I don't... Wife or girlfriend at this point, I forget which at this point in time. But the Dudleys come out, and I think it's Sign Guy Dudley, has Beulah McGillis Slutty. Which is just like a... Uh, is, it a is it a sex doll? Or yeah, is it just like a, a blow-up doll? That has Beulah's face on it, and they're just calling it Beulah McGillis Slutty. I love the Dudleys. They come out with, like, Sign Guy Dudley, Big Dick Dudley, all the, like, classic Dudleys that you don't get in WCW or WWF, and I love them. Well, they never reigned up WCW. No, I know, and I want them. Yeah, Joey... Do- <laughs> Joey Styles does call the Joey Styles does call them scumbags as they come out. Does he? I missed that. Yeah. Well, they're also they're they're kind of like they're supposed to be kind of trashy. I mean, are we one down? One, one down. down. One down. Minute and a half in. I'm not. Hello. You can do it. Come oh, on. God. I believe in you. Do you want to shotgun it? No. Um, I feel like I'm doing. It does feel better the fact that it's not ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. Because so the entirety of the Dudley's roster that comes out with them. Hell yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's so hot when you burp on Mike. We get um, Bubba Ray and Devon. Uh, their tag partner for the evening is Big Dick Dudley. Big Dick Dudley. Who we last saw uh, at the Barely Legal pay-per-view ch- trying to chokeslam Tommy Dreamer off the stage after Joey Styles goes, he's out of jail. <laughs> oh. Uh, along Dudley. alongside them, yeah, we get Sign Guy Dudley in a leg cast. I love Sign Guy Dudley. Oh god, uh, referee Jeff Jones, and then uh, Joel Gertner. Thoughts on Joel Gert? Thoughts on Joel Gertner's promo? Do you have a promo? Yeah, talking about how he basically doing a I'm the best at sex. Oh, I guess I missed that kind of because I did not make any note of I think I was just focusing on the Dudleys and the fact that we get the Dudleys yeah I totally missed the Joel Gertner shit well he, he's also the one introducing them because he also introduces them as like the intergalactic six man tag team champions oh 
Is this when they did a way too long promo? Yeah, this was this promo, not a great promo. I tuned out of this promo because it's so long. Like, they're trying to be heels. They're trying to, like, go with the heel heat of the audience. But it's just kind of not working because no one's really, like, heating back at them, you know? Yeah, I thought I thought this was the ECW Heat Wave 98 or 99 promo. I merged them in yeah. my head. I thought it was a bit of both. And I'm like, oh, nope. That, no, this that is promo different. is all... Is all 99, and I think maybe another one of the just being in this piece of shit city makes me fucking sick. <laughs> yes. Oh, Same. God. Oh, no, I'm at two minutes. Uh-oh. You can do it, Nick. Oh, God. Yeah, he, like, he tries to, like... Ro- Oh god, I, and I can't cut this either again. Yeah, Bubba tries to like rile up the crowd, and it just doesn't rile them up. So I don't think they know what to do no. at a certain point. No, the audience was just not into it, which was just strange. They were just not into the, like the heel heat of it. You haven't even cracked your third one. No, yet, I think oh, I think you're giving up. I don't have to give up. I like I'm able to do it. Oh god, come on. He does challenge anyone in the WWF, WCW, or anyone here tonight. Oh, I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me. Try to finish the second one. I can do that. Y'all don't know how much we sacrifice for this show. Okay, I'm out. I can't. (laughs) My tummy. (laughs) My tummy. (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you poor, poor oh, boy. God. I'll just fade out and understand, man. <laughs> man That's just... the second time we've done that and we've failed both times. Did I thought I managed to. I no, no I got it. it last time. I don't know, because I drank one of the beers. Um. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I thought I, I thought it was because there were four last time. I'm trying to remember. In my defense, I know they, they definitely loop Enter Sandman when the faces come out. Oh, for sure. But I don't know if he drinks all the beers before then. Oh, God. Nick's dying a little. Where am I in my notes? <laughs> so the faces come out through the stage as opposed to through the audience. They come out with ladders in hand to enter Sandman. Yeah, and I thought this was a really cool entrance down the ramp. All three of them carrying a ladder. I liked that a lot. Yeah, and they all have to like, set them up on the ramp so they can go around like yeah. the, the sides and like chug beer. And I guess... Oh, fucking... Can we talk about Spike trying to chug his little beer? <laughs> well, half them like spit a bit all over the crowd. So Yeah, gross. Wait, so if I'm doing this accurately, I should take a bit of this beer and spit Absolutely it all over you? Absolutely not. You shouldn't. We have equipment. You just pan that out of the way. There's an arm. No, I will not be doing that. So yeah, I actually thought Sandman started late in terms of his drinking and he still got three beers in. The man is a powerhouse. I feel like we, we breezed through that, that promo because that promo is fucking long by the Dudleys. They don't say anything of note, so yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about it. Yeah, like, you know, Joe Loder does the whole introduction for each of them, including, I always love the Dudley boys being from different parts of Dudleyville. Yeah, it's the lore. Between the Taz match ending 
Like the bell for that and the bell for this match starting, how much time do you think there was? I want to say like seven minutes. 22 minutes. For real? It was that long? I thought the match was 22 minutes. From end bell to start bell, there is 22 minutes. Wow. Because Joey stalls for a little bit and then there's the really long promo and it's just 22 minutes of nothing, nothing. interesting going on. Wow. I that's kind of why we breeze through it. Yeah. I think that's why I feel need to go back to it because I'm like, that was 22 minutes right there. That was a lot. I should have 22 minutes to drink these beers. You should. You absolutely should. You can do it in 22 minutes. The match starts and they are doing the actual tags, which feels weird when you bring ladders down and then it's like, all right, let's try let's to actually tags. tag in and yeah. out. So Bubba tags in and all of a sudden Spike wants in. Bubba goes to toss him into the front row as he's done before. Yeah. But Spike manages the counter and like splashes on top of him. Bubba counters Spike standing on him in the corner with a Bubba bomb. Bubba bomb. Bubba tags in Big Dick Dudley, which I always feel the need to put Dudley at the end of that. <laughs> tags in Big Dick. <laughs> so Spike tags in the Sandman, to which we get fuck him up Sandman, fuck him up chance. Hell yeah. That's the one thing I do like about the ECW crowd. It's like, look, you're going to get the show your tits chance a lot. Yeah. But, like, you also will get fun chants as well. Yeah. And it's not just bah, 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 bah. And I've never heard them go, we are awesome. Like some of the Raw after WrestleMania crowds. Ew. Yeah. So all six men brawl on the outside and it gets a bit messy, as you would expect. Inside the ring, we get a top rope, quote, Frankensander from the Sandman. <laughs> Spike dives from the top of a ladder to the floor on top of four men. I think it was the three Dudleys and Tommy Dreamer just happened to be out there. So I didn't like this move. I know. I, I usually love like a high flying ladder move, but he just kind of seemed to fall off the ladder into people. He didn't like do any kind of like move or even like an elbow or something that he like was doing this jump on purpose. He was just kind of like, I'm here now. Yeah. It was boring. As far as jumping off the top of a ladder off the ring can go. Onto boring. the floor. It was boring. I think it was safe. It was safe, but it was like you could have even like pretended to lead with your elbow or something. Do something that doesn't look like you're just falling. Yeah. Sandman lays a ladder across Devon and hits a swanton bomb. Bubba Ray lays a ladder across Tommy Dreamer and then hits a second rope senton. Spike Dudley hits a low blow and then an acid drop, but then Devon slams him onto the ladder. The faces manage to get the Dudleys all in a tree of woe. Dreamer puts Sign Guy Dudley, who's in a leg cast, in the figure four, which prompts Jeff Jones, the referee, to break it up who pile-drives the blow-up doll and then mocks Tommy Dreamer's ECW pose. Dreamer responds to this by pile-driving Jones and then doing the taunt <laughs> in actuality. While he's doing this, Joel Gartner also gets tied up in a tree of woe, and and the three Dudleys get basement drop-kicked by the their three opponents, and Joel Gartner gets drop-kicked by the ref. Oh, and there are chairs in front of their faces as well. I think I should note that. They do that a lot. Like I guess that's an ECW sort of like patented move at this point. Spike then goes for an acid drop on Big Dick Dudley, but Dick's... I can't not laugh at that. But Dick's... But Dick counters and throws Spike through a table onto the floor. Bubba hits a big fuck you chair shot on Sandman <laughs> and then misses a diving senton onto Tommy Dreamer, who is laying on top of a ladder as opposed to the ladder being on top of him. So Bubba just lands right on the ladder. Oof. Tommy hits a DDT onto the ladder on Devon and gets the pin. Almost immediately, Jack Victory comes down and breaks a guitar over Tommy Dreamer's head, and the heels just work him over. 
Yeah, so the match is over, but now a new match has started, basically. It's not a new match, just like, okay, I'm beating you up. Yeah, you're done working. Fuck you. New Jack then comes down with a shopping cart full of weapons and cleans house. And to which the commentary is saying, I guess we are going to get that weapons match after all. Yeah, except there's no match. He cleans house. Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, and New Jack pose on top of ladders, and Spike just has to pose on the ground. <laughs> I was like, oh, Sorry, poor Spike. Spike. This match was a bit of a mess. It was pretty fun, though. I think I liked the three-way dance from Barely Legal better. I think that's a comparable yes, kind of I agree. This was a little brawl. too chaotic for me. There was too much going on, and the beginning promo really killed a lot of the momentum for it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't love this match. I said at the beginning that five of these six matches were great. This is the, this is the one. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I, I wasn't sure if you put Taz and Bam and Bigelow in that. No, I, I enjoyed that one. It's just not a match that I would go back and rewatch. Yeah, I, yeah I, w- I don't know if I'd say this match was bad, but I feel like there's better large brawls. And New Jack and Jack Victory stuff at the end just felt unnecessary. I don't yeah. know why they cut it. I didn't find a terrible amount of info on that. But I feel like you could have just had Tommy win and them celebrate because they're like, oh, he finally got revenge right. for Beulah. And then it just it feels like a whole different focus. Exactly. Five minutes later. It's too much chaos. But uh, that was ECW Heat Wave 1998. We went through that quick. Yeah. Emily, thoughts on the show? I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Better than Barely Legal? I think so. Yeah. I, I was telling Emily when we were watching because... It it did feel a little long, but I think we were just a little tired when we were watching yeah. it. But I'm like, there was no Shane Douglas versus Pitbull number two match. Ugh. Yeah, there's nothing that goes 20 minutes and is just death. No, that promo went 20 minutes and yeah, was death. Yeah, okay, I guess that maybe that might have been. The promo itself didn't go 20 minutes. May but as well have. Yeah, I guess that is the weakest thing on the show. For sure. But, Which is sad, because again, it's the Dudleys, and I love the Dudleys, but yeah. Yeah, and I think, honestly, part of it was just the crowd wasn't buying it, and I think they realized that, because yeah. I almost think that promo was supposed to go longer, Ooh. because they're, like, trying to fight people, and I think Dayton was just not buying, wasn't taking the bait, so I was yeah. like, okay, well. I'm like, well, I guess we're done here. Yeah, just, all right, throw to Joel Gertner, and he'll do this, but yeah, they didn't have much there. Mm-mm. Let's go to best bit and MVP. Emily, what is your best bit? Oh, I'm giving it to the first match. Um, Just Incredible and Jerry Lynn. Yeah. That was by far the best match. It was a great start. Yeah. Personally, I, no surprise based on the conversation, I went with Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. Yeah, I'm not even surprised. I'm going to guess that Mike Awesome is your MVP. He's actually not. Really? Who's your MVP? We didn't talk about him much. and I think this might be a chance to talk about him. I was actually going to give it to Shane Douglas. I was going to give it to Shane Douglas. I want to tell the listeners that that is the second take of that, because Emily yelled so loud on the first take that that, that Garage Band was like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> We've never had that in the history of the podcast. I thought that I was going to shock you with my MVP pick, and it turns out we were on the same no. Page. I, I, I maybe it is the fact that we haven't had great commentary on WCW, but yeah. Shane Douglas. Was a great heel color commentator. He really was. He had like personality and gave it yeah. a lot of like. And he didn't go too heel. Exactly. I think minus the Taz match, which there's the feud that makes sense. Like, okay, do you remember when in the fucking finger poke of doom when um, Bischoff was on commentary? Yeah, and that was this, yeah. shitty heel heat. Like that was shitty heel commentary. Yeah, this was heel commentary, but done well. Because a lot of points during the match, he's talking about the psychology and why they're doing this. 
And it's like, oh, you know, like he's yelling at Mike Awesome at one point during the match. Like, what are you doing? Cover him. It's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a very logical heel color commentary. And I'm like, look, I know Shane Douglas isn't the most popular guy in, in wrestling over the course of years. But. Wait, is he bad? No, just. He thinks he's the best thing to ever happen to wrestling sometimes. Oh, okay. Well. But I think he put on a great performance here. And, I mean, minus that, I, like, I feel like a lot of the matches were so two-way streets that I kind of couldn't give it to any one guy. Yeah, no, me either. I was trying to, like, rack my brain for it all day today of, like, who No one, No one carried their match. No, It exactly. was all very much together. Yeah, my initial thought was, like, maybe Bam Bam or Taz because of, like... Going through the ring. I don't know. Yeah. I was I'm, having a hard time with it. Yeah. T- I, Taz's promo didn't wow me. I feel like no. maybe if that had, I, maybe. you know, I mean, and, and the, du- you know, the Dudley boys didn't cut a really great promo. Really disappointed me. Yeah. You did like Tommy Dreamer. I was happy. To... I did like Tommy Dreamer. I like him as a wrestler. He's yeah. a fun wrestler. I like Tommy Dreamer as well. I know that's also not super popular. People just think he's bland. I disagree. So we have a handful of our regularly scheduled programming. But we will be returning to the Land of Extreme next for Hardcore Heaven 1999. We're literally jumping almost a year ahead. I mean, I'll take it. But we will be doing that when we get to it in the timeline. That's May 16th, 1999. And, okay. you know, we're still in April, so. That's not that far, though. No, th- that's why I wanted to get this one in beforehand, because I wanted you to kind of get that grasp on ECW before we start looking at it also on its last couple years. True. I mean... It, Following two failing companies. Yeah, but we're not going week by week on one of them. And I think the story of ECW's downfall is a little bit more heartbreaking than the downfall of WCW. Yeah, ECW's is really just that they couldn't get a TV deal. And they just kept losing money, yeah. It was just sad, because like, they had good talent, but they just couldn't hold on to it. Peaking at that card, the main event of that show is going to be Taz versus Bubba Ray Dudley. Okay. We're also going to get an appearance from somebody who will show up somewhat soon on WCW, who we haven't seen yet, in the form of Sid Vicious. Oh, okay. Get a little preview of him before he shows up, because you don't know really anything about Sid. I know Sid. the name. So that'll be next time on ECW, but we have plenty of regularly scheduled WCW programming between now and then. Next up is Spring Stampede. Woohoo! So, with that in mind, let's uh, plug our stuff and get out of here. Yeah, how about you do it this time? I'm you, I'm always doing it. Okay. Until you guys hear us next time, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at Butts in the Pod. You can follow us on Spotify by searching Butts in the Seats Podcast and clicking follow. We are also on Apple Podcasts, so please leave a review and a comment and share with your friends. Yeah, all that jazz. All that good stuff. Emily, do you feel extreme? I feel like I extremely have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's our cue to get out of here. What a, what a great ending. I know. <laughs> well, we'll see you next time on the Butts in the Seats podcast. <laughs>